long as that founder is willing to fight another day through all the difficulties, through all the pivots, through all the things that are going to happen that he doesn't even he or she doesn't even know will happen, if they're willing to kind of you know push through it all irrationally, um, then the company might have a chance to be something big. Excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality. These are the values the Sam and Walton College of Business explores in education, business, and the lives of people we meet every day. I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Walton College, and welcome to the Be Epic Podcast. For the next few episodes, I will share my conversations with capital allocators in the seed, venture, and private equity space. They will discuss how their capital allocation works and provide tips to entrepreneurs on how to stand out. I have with me today, Michael Bosch, who is the managing partner of Atento Capital. And he has extensive experience in venture capital, partnerships, and entrepreneurship. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, so Michael, um, I know that um, you, you're right now, of course, working with Atento Capital and Atento Capital and um, Tulsa are collaborating with Northwest Arkansas. And um, would you mind talking a little bit about that and the seed funding initiative that's going on? Yes. So, um, so I lead Atento Capital. We're an early stage VC uh, based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with uh, an office in Northwest Arkansas as well. Um, and and uh, we've been mainly uh, supported by the George Kaiser Family Foundation here in Tulsa. And in, in uh, Q4 last year, the Walton Family Foundation reached out. And the two foundations are, have been thinking about ways to create more of a kind of larger regional effort and, and, and kind of Think through different partnerships between two regions, and and one of the one of the areas that that we all kind of agreed upon was an opportunity was in the kind of various early stage of funding for startups, um, you know the angel investing stage in which you know you, in Tulsa we're a little further along in the venture capital maturity of of the ecosystem than Northwest Arkansas, but Northwest Arkansas has a huge asset in the three uh, large corporations there. Um, and, and the talent that's working with those companies, um, and that could be quite advantageous for startups. And so, so we're we're together building um, the 412 Angel Network, um, which the 412 is the highway between uh, the 100 miles between uh, Tulsa and Northwest Arkansas. And we're looking to kind of create a group of you know very active, high value angel investors that are investing in deals nationally, along with Atento Capital's investments, as well as looking at deals locally that they can not only invest, but hopefully add value. And who knows, one day some of them might end up, you know, working in some of these companies or or, or even starting their own company as they kind of get more exposed to entrepreneurship. So I know that one of the challenges we face is that if you look at the percentage of um, people who could are uh, basically um, accredited investors, um, the percentage of those accredited investors in um, our region that are actually engaged in, you know, seed funding, early stage funding, is pretty low compared to the rest of the country. Is that correct? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I can't remember. One of us is 47th and one of us is 48th per capita uh, in number of like angel investors uh, as a percentage of accredited investors. I can't remember. I actually think Oklahoma is behind Arkansas. Um, and and it's either way, no, you don't want to be in either of those seats. And and so, you know, the good news about being 47th and 48th out of 50 is you can only go up. And we, we hope to kind of help with that. That's great. Um, yeah, we're and of course, you and your team have been doing a lot of educating of people here in um, in the region. And uh, so is there anything you any message you have for people? Let's say there's someone who's listening who is an accredited investor and they they've never been in, involved in any kind of investing other than publicly traded stocks and bonds and maybe real estate. Uh, what would what would be your message to them? couple messages. One is um, I was you at one point in time. Um, I did my first angel investment. I was probably an accredited investor from 2008 and I did my first angel investment in probably 2012 um, where I'd been investing in real estate and public markets previously. Um, so I know what that's like. And I know in the beginning you're thinking to yourself, man, like, is this super hard and how's this going to go and I have to be, I, you know, it's like a, it's e-liquid. So you're going to be in this company for 10 years. And my advice would be, one is invest in one of that. I would invest in one of two things. One is an area you understand deeply um, or in that you can understand the problem that, you know, that this founder is trying to solve. Or two, someone you believe in deeply and know incredibly well, and you just kind of think this person one way or another is going to figure it out. Because in the end, like that, that's probably the, those, you, know, you either have an informational advantage on the space or on the person. And, and, and you will know on one or the other, ideally both, you know, if, if, or if you should make a bet or not. And I would also say that investment can be super small, especially nowadays. There's usually a lot of platforms, et cetera, that you can write a $5,000 check. And, and, you, and in a perfect world, you're writing multiple small checks versus one big check, um, and especially in the beginning. And when you invest, watch it closely, read the updates, see how you can help the company, get involved. Like you're taking up real estate on that cap table, you know, add value for that real estate for the company, because unlike a publicly traded company like Nike, you know, you can buy a pair of Nikes, sure, but you can't actually change the stock performance. With this small company, you can introduce them to a key hire or a key customer and actually materially change um, the, the return on your own investment. And like that is amazing, you know, from a personal education perspective, from a you know, learn, learning, you know, learning and education as well as just impact on your own return. It, it, it's quite a different experience than a publicly traded company, and, and you might find yourself enjoying it. You know, and something that I think of, um, of course, in Northwest Arkansas and in, in Tulsa, uh, we've been trying to really stimulate the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So as people are investing in early stage companies here, uh, say writing a check for $5,000, once they write a check, one, they can participate on the upside, but two, they also feel more of a psychological commitment to, to the firm. And so I'm thinking those people are all of a sudden going to be more likely to utilize their networks, their skills and capabilities. And so when you've got a lot of people doing that in an entrepreneurial ecosystem, it increases the probability of good outcomes in that that ecosystem. Do you think that's true? So I actually completely agree with that. And, and that's part of what's made 
San Francisco, New York, LA, Boston, to some extent Miami, you know, such flywheels for startups and venture because you have these exiting Facebook founders and Google guys and and all these other folks that have like kind of continued, et cetera. And, and it has these huge network effects where all these people are now investing in all these other people. And so we're trying to start that now here um, because there's no actual barriers from that happening. Um, and so as we get more and more of the local community involved, have a vested interest in the, like, the next generation of startups, these startups will have a better chance of success because more people are like trying to help them succeed versus them just having themselves and, and, and one big investor. And so I, I think you're exactly right in how you're thinking about it. And we're, we're trying to create that um, with 412 Angels. So let's talk about 412 Angels for a second. How can, let's suppose someone's listening to this and they think, okay, I'm, I'm willing to invest in early stage companies here. How can 412 Angels help with that? So if there's an early stage company, um, so there's, first of all, there's the, the, one of the most interesting things for, for me in the last 10 months of working in Northwest Arkansas, I was realizing there's, there's actually quite a significant amount of entrepreneurial energy uh, already there, you know, coming out of the university and elsewhere, and um, you you have you know your Acre Traders and your Movistas and and quite a few companies that are well on their way, as well as kind of you know your Oxes and others that are are very much on their way. And so so the the good news is there's no shortage of opportunities to invest in companies in Northwest Arkansas. What we're looking to do in Four Twelve Angels is we we meet with all the companies uh, on the ones that we think have the best that make the most sense. In our opinion, we're going to put an investment memo on the platform so you can see how we're thinking about it. And that'll help hopefully like, so you will have the opportunity to meet with the company yourself. You can have your own impression as well as hear why we think it's interesting. We intend to invest alongside as well. And so we'll be there to actually work with the company on our side um, to help further the, the chance of a positive outcome with that company. And so it'll get help, you know, instead of having just, just your own opinion on the investment, you at least have a second opinion that's you know done some kind of institutional level diligence on it um, to react to. So you can say, okay, here's the size of the total addressable market, or here's what the competitive landscape looks like, or here are the potential acquirers, um, which are things that like you, you know, you as a new angel investor might not be able to research easily yourself that we can provide you for context. Um, and, and so hopefully it'll give you an additional level of comfort in your own convictions around the investment. Michael, you have an interesting story. Um, you're not from Israel, but you wound up going to Israel, which for those listening that don't know, Israel is known as startup nation. They have an incredible entrepreneurial ecosystem in Israel. Uh, but Michael, you wound up going to Israel and uh, you you accomplished a lot of interesting things there. And um, would you mind telling us that story? Yes, so um, so my story with Israel uh, is is, a, is is I mean Israel's played a huge role in my life since birth, really, in a variety of ways. But um, when I was we were selling my last company, I took a sabbatical, moved to Israel in the summer of 2014, and I had invested in an Israeli tech company prior, and ended up doing some consulting for them, and then they asked me to come in as president and co-run it with the the, the technical founder. Um, and actually, we built that company at sixteen million dollars in revenue in a couple of years, and it made me realize, like, in doing so, how you know how robust the Israeli startup ecosystem is. Since then, had a very huge affinity for the startup ecosystem. Um, 
that's happening in Israel and have watched it kind of grow and blossom, have invested in it for quite some time. And actually in 2017, I was introduced to my wife who was living in Israel and we eventually fell in love, got married there. And then I, I, I kidnapped her to Tulsa. Uh, where, where we now live and have a, an amazing family. Um, but what's been so interesting to me with Israel um, and really watching it is, you know, Israel's very unique in that everyone joins the armed services and they have a division of the armed services called 8200, um, which is like their equivalent of the NSA, the intelligence. And the you know they have to be, you know they they do cyber defense and cyber offense, and they have to be better. Uh, they have to be so good at their job that they can defend Israel from attacks as well as be enough of a threat on counterattacks to discourage people from attacks. And so the talent that comes out of 8200 is so unique. It's such a unique asset to Israel um, that they then go and build all of these companies. Um, and you just have on like a per capita basis a plethora of startups and it used they used to call it startup nation because they had all these startups and all these startups would get bought by microsoft and amazon but over the last few years as it's matured they've now had ipos and unicorns and decacorns um you know like i think monday at one point was valued at 15 billion they have these like 10 billion dollar plus outcomes um and this is something that's like really a new phenomenon in the last like 10 15 years and um, we've been investing in there, me since 2013, Atento and slash GKFF since before then. We have a full-time person there. We're very active in the Israel market. Um, we actually are hosting the Israeli consulate from Houston and Tulsa in a couple of weeks. Um, and we're working on a, a, a factory on a 3D printed food company from Israel in, you know, out here. Um, so we really think that there's a huge opportunity to closer connect Israel to this part of the country, um, which they otherwise wouldn't be thinking about. And so... So, uh, so more to come, um, but, but we are very excited and have a huge affinity for Israel. We used to have a um, study abroad to Israel. Um, and we haven't had it, the, the professor that used to run it um, is at a, a left and went to another university, but um, with students loved, I think they took 20 or 30 students per summer and it, but the title of the um, study abroad was Startup Nation. And I love it. So, so they would spend their whole time meeting with early stage companies over there and learning what was going on. Very interesting. That sounds amazing. You should bring that back. We should. So, Michael, when you're meeting an entrepreneur and you're considering investing, what what are you thinking about? What's the most important thing you're thinking about? So there's many people with many ideas that want to build companies um, and especially venture backable companies. And what's so interesting is, you know, something like only 1% of companies that are trying to raise money, raise money. So you're already 99% are never going to raise money. Of the ones that raise money, I think something like 70% don't work out within five years and 90% like don't have a, you know, an overly positive outcome. So you're talking about something like only 0.1% of this asset class is going to make sense. So it's really hard is my point is like most will fail and it's really hard. So why will one entrepreneur build a company successfully or another one will not? And I think there's a, there's a variety of factors. It could be timing of the market and the size of the market and the competitive landscape and regulatory, a bunch of different things. But at the core, your investment is alive as long as that founder 
is still in the fight. Meaning as long as that founder is willing to fight another day through all the difficulties, through all the pivots, through all the things that are going to happen that he doesn't even, he or she doesn't even know will happen. If they're willing to kind of, you know, push through it all irrationally, um, then the company might have a chance to be something big. And so I think that the grit and the understanding the why of why is the founder thinking about this problem? Why must they solve this problem? How does this connect to their own personal mission and purpose? And how badly do they want it? And getting to the core of that question um, is, I think, the single most important thing that you can do in in thinking about a a person to invest in. Because in the beginning, you're investing in the person and the problem and, and not the actual idea because the idea will change many times before it reaches its end product. And so... So really understanding that person and their and their determination and their perseverance and their grit and their why um, would be my number one piece of advice. That is such a, you know, this grit is such an important characteristic in anybody, no matter what they're doing, but particularly in an early stage company, because you know they're going to pivot. You know they're going to have setbacks. And uh, finding people that can persevere through that is uh, is definitely uh, a challenge. And, and you see it. You know, I think of so many entrepreneurs that I know that have done really well. Um, you know, I think of uh, April Segabrook and Stan Zylowski at Movista. They, they really have that grit, you know, and I've seen them persevere through through all kinds of things. And I, I, I think of a long list of these people who have that kind of grit, but but most people don't. Um, you know, and sometimes you develop it over time. Um, some people seem to be almost born with it. I know Stan said that uh, he when he was younger, he sold, I think it was vacuum cleaners door to door one summer. And uh, and that really taught him how to be rejected and keep moving forward. You know, I can't imagine doing that. But uh, my grandfather did that post World War. He fought in World War II and came back on the GI Bill, bought a house with a door to door vacuum salesman. Literally, is that, actually, right? that exact job at one point. Yes, he taught me. <laughs> he taught me to sell lemonade, um, <laughs> which it was was lucrative for me. Um, at eight years old, eight years old. But but yeah, I, I have a ton of empathy. I think it's a huge skill set, like a priceless skill set to learn. Well, Michael, uh, thank you for the great work you're doing at Atento and 412 and um, and for trying to educate Northwest Arkansas and and the, the Northwest Arkansas Tulsa Corridor on on these opportunities. And, and thank you for taking time to visit with me. I really appreciate it. Dean Waller, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. It was wonderful chatting. On behalf of the Sam M. Walton College of Business, I want to thank everyone for spending time with us for another engaging conversation. You can subscribe by going to your favorite podcast service and searching Be Epic, B-E-E-P-I-C.